Before we dive into this episode, I have an exciting offer for you. You know that my passion is simplifying formulation for all hairstylists. Right now, my best-selling masterclass, Hair Color Formulation Simplified, is on sale for only $47. To get yours now, simply go to my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com forward slash simple. Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. We've got another solo session going today. Uh, I've been out of practice with jumping onto my podcast. COVID kicked my ass. Uh, I had it over the Christmas holidays, so that was a total bummer. I was sick for two straight weeks, so I'm still a little bit annoyingly nasally and raspy-er than normal with my voice, but I didn't want to keep missing these opportunities to connect with you all and bring you some value. So... I went through some questions. I get a lot of questions sent to me in emails, and the one that stuck out to me the most came today, actually. It was from a member in one of of one of my um, Hair Color Secrets Insider group. Um, She's a very active member. She engages. She shows up for the coaching calls. She's made a lot of progress um, in her color confidence, but today's question was, Um, I had sent out a form saying, you know, our coaching call is Sunday night. And I said, you know, what topics would you like to hear us talk about? And she asked, is 20% gratuity something that is, you know, everyone does, that it's just like a thing? Is it automatic? And if I'm not getting it, how can I ask for it? And I was like, let me read that again. Actually, I'm going to read the exact wording because I was like, wow. That's an interesting question. She said, should we be expecting a 20% tip? If so, how do we ask for that? I was like, wow, perfect opportunity for the podcast because, you know, I see it all the time in Facebook forums, all of the back and forth about tipping where hairdressers are going into groups on Facebook and venting about their clients being cheap and either under tipping or not tipping at all. And my opinion may not be the most popular, but I'm going to come from a place of honesty and authenticity as I always do. So I have been on both sides. I've been a commissioned stylist working in a salon uh, where a gratuity was pretty much always happened because I was on staff and, you know, clients knew that I wasn't getting 100% commission. So it was normal to receive a nice tip. Uh, I've also owned my salon for 32 years and everything changed when I became the boss. Even when I became the boss and was by myself in a salon with all of the overhead, all of the normal expenses, it, it changed everything. All of a sudden, those clients that had been tipping me for 10, no, not 10 years. That was stupid to even say that. I didn't even do hair for 10 years before I opened my salon. So I did hair for two and a half years prior to opening my salon. 
And I always could depend on that tip. I think back then, we're talking 30 some years ago, I think 15% was the norm. So I was getting 15% on top of whatever my commission was for my services. And I always looked at my gratuities as an extra gift. I never expected it. I never assumed it was coming. It was always a nice surprise to be handed some cash. And that was my fun money. That was my Starbucks runs. That was my TJ Maxx addiction or, or Marshalls, you know, those unnecessary shopping trips that when you go with some cash in your pocket, it's pretty guilt free, right? You're not smoking up the credit card. You're not taking away from any of your normal bills because I would count on what I would do in my paycheck, and then my tips were always extra. I tried to save them here and there too for, you know, if I had a goal of something that I wanted to do, I would just save my tips the whole time and then, you know, purchase something bigger, something like that. So it's it's a gift, guys. You know, it is, you may not love hearing this, but it is not it is not part of the service price. And for me, when I heard that question... For me, the first thing I wanted to know is, is the writer of the question a commission stylist? Are they a solo suite? Are they a booth rental? Are they a salon owner? I need to know more about their um, setup because if you are the sole proprietor, if you are in a suite, if you are the owner of the business, it's never expected to get a gratuity. That's like an old school thing of, you know, oh, the owner makes all the money. We don't have to tip them. So that's a negative of going into a sweet situation. Don't automatically assume that those nice juicy tips are going to keep coming. So I want to share a story with you because I've owned a salon for such a long time and I've I've worn all the hats. I was cutting back behind the chair. I was down to two really long days and, and a shorter day. So like two and a half days at the end of being behind the chair in the salon And again, never counted on tips because it was very rare that I got them with being the owner. And one of my stylists had a baby and she was out for a few weeks on maternity. And we had talked about it and I said, you know, I want your clients to stay here in the salon. I want you to be able to feel good about coming back to your business and not miss a beat in it. So I am happy to work extra hours while you're out on maternity to make sure those clients stay in their their, um their normal sequence of visits, you know, every four weeks, every five weeks, every six weeks. So the first day that I became her, um, what happened was her and I are both really strong colorists. So I made sure that her and I worked opposite days. So a lot of the guests that were now in my book had never met me before. So they didn't know that I was the owner. They had no idea who the owner was of the salon because they always went to this colorist and they knew that she was not the owner. So I walk up to greet them. I say, hi, how are you? I shake their hand. I say, welcome, you know, welcome back. It's so great to see you. Thank you for allowing me to take care of your hair while she is out on maternity, you know, and all the chit chat. How's the baby? How is she? Everything's great. Awesome. They come back. They sit in the chair. I look at their um, formula and I say, how's everything going? Are you happy with everything that she's doing? Are we, you know, doing what your whatever your normal maintenance is? And they would say yes or no, whichever. And I would start to mix the color and we would chit chat and they'd say, you know, where, where do you live? How many kids do you have? All the, all the chitty chat conversation. And I would charge them. My prices were a tiny bit um, higher than hers were because of being the owner and, you know, the whole supply demand thing. 
and I would still charge them my price. So I did not expect gratuity at all. I figured, you know, I'm already a little bit higher priced. I'm the owner. They're going to, you know, not tip me at all. OMG. I came home the first week of being her and not me, doing her clients and not my usual clients. Uh, we use those little envelopes, the little brown, you know, you can lick them and shut them envelopes. Coin, I think they're coin envelopes. Um, I would come home and empty my pocketbook. And I had, you know, 25 envelopes every day, you know, every two days. And I would spread them across the kitchen table and open them all up. And it was $40 tip, $50 tip, 60, 80, 75, 45. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this has been the greatest few weeks of my career because with being the owner, I never get 20%. I shouldn't say never. It's very rare that I get 20% on whatever my service is. So the reason I'm sharing this story with you is if you have become so dependent on that extra 20%, 15%, 18%, if you're depending on that, like it's life or death to your income, you're not charging enough for your pricing. So if you are the owner, if you're in a solo suite, you're in charge of how much your services are. You make all the decisions, you make the choice of how much you pay for your product, all of those things, you're totally in control. If if I told you that your clients were never going to tip you again, if you feel a sense of panic and urgency, you don't have your prices set right because a gratuity should be an added gift. It's like getting those holiday fun gifts that your clients spoil you with, hopefully, um, whether you're Jewish or Catholic or whatever you celebrate, clients tend to be very generous at this time of year and bring a special extra gift or they'll tip you like for my clients they would give me whatever they would um whatever was one visit that would be my christmas gift you know if they come every four weeks and it's 125 dollars, they would give me either a gift card for 125 dollars or 125 in cash which was very nice um but it's it was never expected so if you're factoring that in as part of your needed income your prices are not in line with where they should be. And you should not ever, my answer to this member when I, when I see her on Sunday on our virtual call is going to be, you should never, ever ask someone to tip you. That is just not okay, like ever. There's no situation ever that I can think of where you would say, um, by the way, can you tip me 20%? And now I'm going to go off onto a little bit of a rant because it wouldn't be a solo episode without a rant and some ADD thrown in here, but with tipping and gratuities and all of those things, these wonderful softwares now pops up on the screen. If you've bought a cup of coffee, I bought a cup of coffee this morning. I'm on decaf now already, and now I'm on a new diet and the diet requires that I drink my coffee black, which would never be my first choice. I like my little splash of either oat milk or almond milk, um, just something to make it a little creamier. So now I'm on straight black coffee. So I had an appointment. I was out and about. I hadn't had my coffee yet. I went into a little coffee shop, and it was $3.71 for a decaf drip coffee, which we all know I could make it home for 50 cents or less. So it was already a splurge. And then I hand the person my credit card, and he spins the screen around, and it says, gratuity. or custom. And I was like, here we go. I know this guy owns this place. He's the owner. 
So I, I don't wouldn't think that I would have to pay a tip on a cup of drip coffee. I mean, he literally poured the coffee, handed it to me, took my card, and that was it. But he's standing there staring at me. I'm the only one there. There's nobody around. And I felt like I had to give him something on top of the cup of coffee. So now I'm at 471 for a not latte, not a yummy caramel mocha latte, frappuccino, you know, nothing amazing and decadent like a dessert that I would happily pay that for. We're talking drip black decaf coffee that you would get at a, you know, grungy diner for a dollar. Um, so that annoys me. And I know a lot of you are using software and you're putting your client in that position. So I'm not trying to discourage you from doing that. If that's working for you and your clients are tipping and there's no discomfort, have at it. But I think in a self-serve restaurant, like a coffee shop, like nobody brought it over to me. There wasn't a china glass. There wasn't a little, you know, cookie on the side of it or a special drizzle or anything special. It was freaking drip decaf with no creamer, no sugar, no nothing. And this happens a lot, you know, where I go places and it'll be like, you know, gratuity and it's expected and it's just, just uncomfortable um, is all I can really say about it. So that's my rant about gratuities. Um, I Do I miss getting tips? Absolutely. I have not gotten a hold of cash. I've been out from behind the chair for four years now. I'm doing full-time education and I absolutely love it. I still do some clients, but they're models for my education. I'm not getting paid to do their hair. So of course there's no tip happening and there's no cash. So I miss being able to walk around with never less than 80 bucks in my purse at all times. I always had cash to, you know, go out to lunch, get a cup of coffee, meet a friend, have a drink, whatever. There was always cash. Now we'll have, we just had somebody come to the house to put a desk together and you always want to give them a little something. And now we scramble anytime. Like we wanted to give our mail lady, um, something for the holidays. My husband has to go to the bank and get cash out to be able to give gifts to people for the holidays. So it is a great perk. It is something that is one of the best parts of the hair industry is that we get paid in gratuities. I always loved bartending. I always I didn't love waitressing, but I loved bartending. And I loved being in hospitality, knowing that I would always have that extra cash that I could save up for something special. I was able to buy a house at a young age. I was able to have my own business at a young age because I saved my cash. So while it's an extra thing, it's an extra perk, and it's not assumed or guaranteed, it is an extra source of income and it should be treated with respect and it should be used for something to grow your income. You know, you want to have something that brings in passive income as a result of that extra money. Don't keep treating it as free money or you'll never get to retirement. I can't tell you how many stylists I know that are in their 60s and they're still taking my classes because they're like, I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. Like I need to work. So us hairdressers have not been the most um, conscious of future and saving and doing all those things. I'm doing a collaboration in the month of February. I believe it's the 29th. I don't have the exact date in front of me. But in February, my dear friend Donna Roggio, who has a program called Fierce Financials, she is a, a really good, smart numbers person. 
She flies everywhere. She goes to Italy for a month. She lives in Ibiza, Spain. Her daughter lives in Pennsylvania. She is on an airplane more than anyone that I know and never ever pays for a flight because she has figured out which credit cards are the best to use. She knows that she has to charge thousands of dollars for her hair business. And she's like, why would I not get the points for these flights if I'm spending the money anyway? So there's ways to save and be smart so that you do have light at the end of the tunnel. You do have a retirement. And speaking of retirement, I wanted to also mention in this podcast how amazing my two children are. Shout out to my kids. I have a daughter, Bryn, who's 29, and my son, Jack, is 24. And I had shared with them over the last four years after walking away from behind the chair, I said, you know... I just, I had such passion for this industry. I've, I've given my whole entire body over to the hair industry. Everything hurts now. Both knees, my back, my shoulders. I have a torn rotator cuff. I have carpal tunnel on both wrists. Like I'm falling apart from putting in those 12, 13 hour days standing on my feet all day. I didn't even get into the things that are wrong with the feet. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on there too. Um, but, and I was happy to do it. I loved every minute of it. And when I stepped away from behind the chair and stopped doing hair, I thought about all the people that had sat in my chair for the past 32 years and them talking about their husbands and these big elaborate trips that their companies sent them on when they retired, like four seasons, Hawaii for a week with, you know, everything paid for first class flights and excursions and massages and facials. And I'm like, I walked away from 32 years of really hard ass work and everyone's like, oh my gosh, good luck. Bye. See ya. Like, it was like, don't let the door hit you in the ass. And I say that not to be a brat and be like, boo-hoo, feel sorry for me. Nobody gave me a party. But I gave my staff these beautiful diamond Yerman bracelets and made a big fuss over leaving them, you know, with being with them for so many years. And I was just so excited to give them their gift. And I said to my kids and my husband, I'm like, you know, I've been excited about this one Michelle watch for five years. I keep eyeing it up. It's super ridiculously expensive, totally impractical, not necessary at all. But I said, you hear about these corporate people that work, you know, in a much more cushy job than I did for the past 32 years, you know, getting taken out to lunches and dinners and cocktails and schmoozing clients and flying all over in first class and all of that. That's not what I did. I stood on my feet for 12, 13 hours a day. I gave up being with my kids when they were babies and gave up a lot of, you know, wedding showers and vacations and all of the things. And I said, you never hear about a hairdresser getting a beautiful diamond watch at the end of their career or an amazing vacation or a huge retirement party. I've never, ever heard of it, which is so wrong. Like, why would we not get all of the things that someone in a corporate job would get? Especially me as an owner with, you know, you stick your neck out and you're responsible for all these people's livelihoods for all those years. So I was saying it to my kids and I said, you know, I'm, I'm done. That's a, that's a chapter that's closed. And I know that with this new job that I'm doing that I can buy myself that watch. But I was sharing with a, a guest yesterday that I was doing as a model. And I said, you know, it's if I buy the watch for myself, I'm going to resent the watch. 
every single time I look at my wrist to see what time it is. And I know you're probably laughing going, who even wears a watch anymore? My kids said that to me. They're like, why do you even want a watch? You have your iPhone on you all the time. I like it as a piece of jewelry. I love the look of a nice watch. And I just love this one watch. So I said, if I buy it for myself, I can afford it. I can throw it on my credit card, pay it off as soon as the bill comes, get my mileage for it. It's all good. But every single time I look at it, I'm going to be reminded that I didn't get the retirement gift that I feel like I deserved after 32 years. And my daughter was like, I get that. And I said, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not buying it. And if it really, really bothers me that I don't have it, you know, a year from now, then I'll just buy the damn watch. But right now, I'm like, it's just not necessary. There's so many things I need to do to my house. My daughter's getting married this year. We have to pay for a wedding. So I was like, I'm being a brat. I'm not getting the watch. So I had reached out to a friend of mine who gets a nice, healthy discount on anything in her store that she works in, and they carry this watch. So I had reached out to her, and then I said, you know what? I'm not even going to reach out to her again. Like, if she reaches out to me, I'll be curious to see what discount she gets. But if I don't hear from her, it's just not meant to be. So unbeknownst to me, my children reached out to my friend, and they were planning behind my back, and they bought me the watch. And I was like, first of all, I had COVID when they gave it to me, so I'm sure they did not get the reaction that they expected to get when I finally got this amazing watch. I, I had my mask on. I was, you know, totally fever the whole bit, but I was so appreciative. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know, I talk a lot on here, and especially in my membership, about having a report card and how lonely it can be to be an entrepreneur and not have anybody give you a progress report. You know, when you have your own business, yeah, I can look at my numbers. Yeah, I can see this year versus last year, but I don't always know if I'm doing a great job. And from going to Catholic school for 12 years and knowing that I would always have a progress report with notes on it from each teacher of, you know, with me, it was she talks too much. I know you can't imagine that, but it was she talks. She's a great student, but she talks too much. She gets easily distracted. Hello, ADD. You see that on every episode of this podcast. So I thought to myself, wow, this is so much more than a watch. This is for me such an amazing, amazing gift because I have two of the most awesome kids you could possibly have. And in spite of what I talked about earlier about never being home, always putting the salon first, missing so many milestones with my kids, it was important to them to buy this watch for me. I know how expensive this watch is. My kids do not have that money to buy me that watch, but they made it happen. So I'm like, you know what? There's a report card I care about that I have that relationship with my kids that they were so excited to give me my my end of the career monumental reminder so that now when I look at that watch, my face lights up. I'm so excited to put it on. I'm so proud to wear it. I'm so proud to show everybody it. If I would have bought it for myself, I would be embarrassed to show people like, oh my gosh, who in this recession spends that money on that watch? Like who needs a watch like that? Um, so it was just amazing. I'm just super proud of my kids. Um, so happy that I woke up soon enough to know that they were way more important than any client or any business. I can't tell you how many times I had to miss 
a recital or something that the kids were working so hard for because of a crazy, I shouldn't say crazy, that's mean, of an overly um, high maintenance client that I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go in for her. I have to squeeze her in. I have to stay late. I have to, I have to, I have to. I didn't have to do any of that. So this new regime coming in, I see people having stronger boundaries, stronger um, mindset of like they're worthy, they're charging better prices. So that is my wish for the industry that we all level up, put ourselves a little bit more first. Um, of course, put the work in, of course, do the hours you have to do to get built and established. But once you're established, putting those boundaries up to not let anything interfere with your family because they are the most important, hands down. So thank you for listening to this solo episode. Thank you for always listening to the podcast. I would so appreciate you to take the time to do a review on iTunes would be amazing. And what would be even more amazing is if you go to my website, expertcolorsolutions with an S.com, sign up for my free newsletter. I send one out every single week telling you, you know, tips and tricks and awesome techniques all about hair and hair color and the business of hair. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.